a bear in his natural habitat, a Studebaker. Moving right along in search of good times and good news With good friends you can't lose This could become a habit Opportunity knocks once, let's reach out and grab it yeah. Together we'll nab it We'll hitchhike bus or yellow cabot Cabot? Moving right along Footloose and fancy free Getting there is half the fun, come share it with me. Moving right along, we'll learn to share the load. We don't need a map to keep the show on the road. Moving right along, we found a life on the highway. And your way is my way. So trust my navigation. California, here we come, the pie in the sky land. Palm trees and warm sand. So sadly, we just left Rhode Island. We did what? I'll just forget it. Moving right along. Hey, LA, where have you gone? Send someone to fetch us, we're in Saskatchewan. Moving right along. You take it, you know best. Hey, I've never seen the sun come up in the west. Moving right along, we're truly birds of a feather. We're in this together, and we know where we're going. Movie stars with flashy cars and life with the top down. We're storming the big town. Yeah, storm is right. Should it be snowing? Uh, no, I don't think so. Moving right along. Do I see signs of men? Welcome on the same post. It says come back again. Moving right along. Good, loose, and fancy free. You're ready for the big time. Is it ready for me? Moving right along. Moving right along. Moving right along. Moving right along. Hello and welcome to Sideshow, uh, a very special episode of Sideshow, which I think they all are. If anyone hasn't figured it out yet, uh, this is our Muppet Tribute episode. Again, I'm Jacques. I'm Joe. And we've had a good half dozen guests. We've had more than a half dozen, but we've had a good half dozen guests. Each and every one says... They had a great time. They really want to come back, but they'll say whatever they need to to get out of Joe's basement. <laughs> Peter, a few weeks back, came in and we did a Looney Tune episode, and Peter said, oh, I would love to come back. And so far- I don't know if I said those exact words. <laughs> he, he said, would you please let me come back? This was the greatest moment of my life, second to none. I peaked, or something- like, yeah, I'd do this again if you guys ask really nice. <laughs> yes. So thank you, Peter. So how much are we getting paid for this time? <laughs> uh, Twice what we did last time. <laughs> Two times Double. zero. Great. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Your agent drove a hard bargain. <laughs> Thanks, Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Joe and I have always been Muppet fans. We, we quote this, and we'll get into it, some of the lines that we quote back and forth to each other all the time. We've talked about doing one of these, but as... 
I came to find out when Peter was here last time, just talking off mic and stuff like that, and about his side Who's projects. Mike? <laughs> no, that uh, his love for uh, for for Looney Tunes and cartoons might be dwarfed by the Muppets or on parallel lines. Something like that. Yeah, it's probably uh, leans a little bit closer to the Muppets, but it depends on the day. So. For me, uh, with the age that I am, uh, the Muppet movie, I Old. believe, came out <laughs> came out when I was 10. And I might have seen that. In the theater? No, in the drive-in. In the drive-in? We used to go to the drive-in almost every week, sometimes two weeks, two times a week in the summer. It was like the only thing. They let you drive at 10? My mom could <laughs> afford. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. We haven't we haven't gotten ah! to the, the Waller and Statler stuff yet. <laughs> that was wonderful. It was stupendous. Oh, but but honestly, that that movie, that soundtrack, it it embodies that in the Cannonball Run. I think embodies my entire childhood. Yep. So I uh, that explains a lot. <laughs> I uh, I. You know, I got into the Muppet Show first. I saw the Muppet Show before the Muppet movie. Oh wait, that's what you're supposed to do! Yay! 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 Uh, but of course, I you were all weirdos. <laughs> I obviously was more in love with Sesame Street than the Muppet Show. No, I was a huge Muppet again. One episode four, Daddy issues. One of the few things I watched with my dad was that, and. Honestly, I've said a thousand times that probably picking Don Rickles as a role model growing up ill-advised, but I was like Statler and Wardoff are are just Waldorf. Waldorf. Waldorf, I always say it wrong. Waldorf. Their their timing and and their just their whole bit. It's it's hands down my funniest. uh, What what I love more than anything on this planet. Yep. If only there was a Statler and Waldorf to heckle Fox News, right? Am I right, people? <laughs> All right. So, so Peter, how how did you fall into this? How long has this been a passion? Where did it start for you? Uh, Sesame Street really was where it came in there, uh, and then it just became this offshoot. You know, the Muppet Show came on, and let's see, Muppet Show came on around seventy six or so, and that, so I would have been four years old. So to me, it was kind of all the same thing and you know it would just happen to be on at night rather than during the day and especially since in the early you know in one of the first couple episodes ernie and bert were on you know one of the episodes i I think it was julia julia prouser right around that time so it was kind of confusing for me it wasn't until i was probably like around later that season that i realized that it was its own separate show I remember that it had to have been the first season because the you know one skit that I liked for some you know as a kid was you know just a running gag of just a row of houses making a few one-liners and that only appeared in season one, so you know I at least was conscious of it at that point. So as you can see, we're not going to get into the details of the Muppet Show on this podcast. <laughs> Oh, and, and Joe, were you a Sesame Street guy? Because absolutely, for me, they're two different worlds. They are. I mean, they are two different worlds. That you know what freaked me out? What's that? In, 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 there were two things that always sent me screaming. You know, if, on Sesame Street, and this carried over. The, one of them did carry over and onto the Muppet Show because it actually happened on there too. For the first one was the you know the. Um, the baker falling down the stairs. Yes. And that old thing that scared the crap well, out Jim of me. Jim Henson's as a kid. voice. Twelve. 
cherry <laughs> bake souffle. Ten banana cream pies. Yeah. Oh, 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 my femur. You know, in, in retrospect, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't, I, I don't know if it was the guy falling down the stairs or just the obnoxious music. That the two things together prob- is probably yeah. what did it. But the thing that sent me screaming even further was, you know, a running gag with Ernie and Bert where Ernie would take off Bert's nose. That just freaked oh, me the right. hell out. Yes. Yeah. And of course that happened on that episode of the Muppet Show. Yeah, I know. You shouldn't uh, pick apart the Muppets in front of impressionable two, three year old, five year old kids. You can, uh, or you can pick your friends, <laughs> but uh, your your friends' noses. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't a big Sesame Street kid, and obviously, well, seriously, <laughs> well, you were too you. big to be a Sesame Street <laughs> yeah. kid. Uh, but, but no, it's like I went straight to the Muppets. I think Sesame Street became a bigger factor like later in life when I had like small cousins who would come over, and you start to get like the adult humor kind of behind it and stuff. And there and there's some stuff that that management and I quote back and forth for, from Sesame Street, which is great. But I, I grew up on the Muppets, and a lot of the humor that I've always loved, and, and you know, anybody who's listening to the podcast, the fact that you're the same way, the fact that we're big fans of the vaudeville era and the big show and the variety show kind of, and that that's all this was, you know, and it was it was kind of like the Office, all the behind the scene drama and stuff like that, yeah. and, and then. And and for me, even as a kid, I just loved the sense of humor, the punniness, the timing, the. Do you think you're finishing each other's thought and then it takes a weird left turn and stuff like that? Fozzie Beer is probably in my top 20 favorite comics. He is a, he is an icon, that's to be sure. Uh, so I guess, where do you want to start with this review of the Muppets? Do you want, we don't want to go too deep into the, we can get, because the Muppets is pretty deep. Do you want to focus on like yeah, Muppet I, show? I didn't or? realize that, that like Frank Oz, you know, in, in the 60s, like was doing television Muppet, you know, type things until... I really went down this wormhole, like reading up on it this week. I don't think a lot of people know that the uh, Muppets got their big. I mean, they got their break on the Ed Sullivan Show, but I mean, like they they were actually featured in the first season of SNL. Yeah, by this point, Sa- uh, Sesame Street was was already going, yeah. and they hadn't quite hit the the Muppet Show. But um, you know, Lauren Michaels, you know, and Jim Henson had gotten together to try and come up with a you know, a non children's Muppet style. Uh, Version of the Muppets. You know, re- you know, recurring, ga- uh, recurring sketch on uh, Saturday Night Live. You know, they were good in their own right, but they just really didn't met- mesh with uh, the uh, the Not Ready for Prime. prime- it, 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 yeah. it, it was not- slow, and I think you had to be really, really high to get so it. So check one box from the Saturday Night Live audience <laughs> from 1975. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, and I think maybe that's why it became a recurring thing versus... All right, this isn't working. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. So the you know by the time they hit season two, they parted ways. You know, I, I think it was amicable. I mean, I don't, I don't know of any. I think major... by season two, right? Uh, that's seventy six. That kind of leads into the first season of the Muppet Show. I mean, or when, the, or, yeah. when did the Muppet I, Show debut? I want to say seventy six. Yeah, don't I, quote me. I believe I, it was seventy six. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of like it's not like they were like on the street and destitute for years, waiting for their next big break to come around. It's like, oh yeah. Um, so I, I guess now, what do you want to do? You want to you want to talk about your the, the, the your favorite moments from the Muppet Show, Peter? What were you some just focusing on the show itself? What were some of your favorite running bits? Uh, I mean, Veterinarians Hospital was one that that I always like. You know, just the, just. Jerry Jewell, who did a lot of the uh, scripts for The Muppet Show, you know, had the saying that, you know, a joke that is too bad to tell once 
is much funnier when you tell it three times. <laughs> I think I think I subscribed to Joe. Do I fall into that category? That that pretty much sums up my uh, comedic timing. What's your like top th- three sketches? Go top three sketches. Well, uh, 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 Statler, anything with those guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, the running bits with that. Uh, one of my favorite sketches. From the Muppet, it's not from the Muppet Show. It's like from the Disney version because I used to go to Disney once a week, and their their pre thing show with um uh, uh, the Eagle. What was the the American Eagle? Sam, Sam, the, Sam the American Eagle. Like that. <laughs> yes. That that is one of the characters. It is just. I think the more I dive into it, I'm not sure that Colbert isn't just doing you know a live action version of Sam of Sam the Eagle, and then honestly the band. And truly, to this day, I say this in all sincerity, Animal, top five favorite drummers of all time. What's the band's name, Jacques? Uh, uh, No help uh, from the uh, audience. Dr. Tooth and the... Right. Oh, Dr. Tooth. Mayhem. There's more than one team here. Mayhem. (laughs) On the the what, Mayhem? Magical Mayhem. Dr. Tooth and the Magical Mayhem is wrong. Oh, I hate you. It's Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Electric Mayhem. Damn it. Gosh darn it. Um, um, yeah, but and this in the chick in that band, hot, right, very hot for sure. <laughs> uh, my I'm, I, my toss up is between the Swedish Chef. I mean, just just the fact that you had real life hands incorporated into a Muppet just blew my mind as a child. And then the other thing, of course, would be pigs in, in space. Pigs in. Featuring the master of the swine trek, the intrepid and well-fed Link Hogthrob. And as first mate and second in command, the very cute and extremely dangerous Miss Piggy. And the super brain behind this whole ghastly mistake, the inexplicable Dr. Julius Strangeport. As you recall, last week the spaceship swine trek was on a suicidal collision course with a mysterious celestial object. It's coming straight at us, but I can't tell what it is. It looks like the headlight on a motorcycle. We know what it looks like. We want to know what it is. Testy, testy, mon capitaine. Doc, would you look this thing up in your book? Ah, yes, yes, no, no. It's not listed here under any known objects. Look under unknown objects. How could it be in that book if it's unknown? There are some things even pigs don't know. Because <laughs> so at the time, I mean, you got Battlestar Galactica, you got Star Wars. Yeah. How did I blink on pigs in space? I don't know. I just wanted to humiliate you on uh, tape, and I did it. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, the other thing about The Muppet Show was the, its incorporation of its guest stars. It was like, a, you know, it's a variety show. And we all know from the 70s, there was no shortage of variety shows. Um, that was the big draw. Celebrity. Back then, people worship celebrities and they love seeing celebrities. Not like today. No. No. Nothing like today. It was a passing fad back then. Yeah. They didn't have reality TV. But like you said earlier, this is sort of like the closest thing you could get to reality TV and variety. This was a, surreality exactly, TV. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was very surreal. Um, but you had so many great celebrities, and they would bring in like the, the people who are hip. But you did. You had the biggest of the big. I mean, late 70s, nobody's bigger than Elton John. Nobody in music is bigger than Elton John. Nobody's bigger than Steve Martin in comedy. But the, like the first season, who Peter, do you remember like who may have been the first season's like 
seminal kind of or celebrities that you can name from the first season that were uh, I mean off the top of my head Rita Moreno, mm-hmm. Cloris Leachman, Candace Bergen, um where did they shoot the Muppet shows? Was it in New York? In uh, Elstree Studios in London. Oh, in London. Okay. See? I'm learning here. Yeah. I'm learning. But then you also, you know, once the show became a hit, um, then you had like the Elton Johns kind of come on. And yeah. The for the be. first season, uh, a lot of the guest stars were personal friends of you know, of Jim Henson and, and, and company, you know, and doing it for a favor. Once it became a hit, everybody wanted to get on the show. Yeah. Right before that, people were like puppets. Me, me do a variety show with puppets. Why would I want to do that? Yeah, and I mean, and, and then you have on the on the sheet here probably your favorite guest of all time. Not besides Mark Hamill, of course, Milton Berle. Milton Berle getting heckled <laughs> and going back and forth with Statler and whom? Shut it. <laughs> uh, but but literally that that moment in time, I don't know how many times every couple years I. Rewatch it uh, uh, on the YouTube, and I'll send it to like you know you or John because everybody who knows us will compare us to that. And the same thing, Friday night, you know, F and H hockey for twenty years, people would just refer to John as I as that because we did nothing but sit there and just tear everybody apart. But then with Burl, I mean, that was the Giants of the Giants, and it reminded me. And I wonder if they kind of got the idea from this. And I recommend to anybody there was a great clip of Milton Burl getting heckled from the balcony by Henny Youngman. And it is probably my favorite five, six minutes of tape in the history of television. And it's very much that same thing back and forth. Like that, that is my favorite moment. Hands down, my favorite moment of the Muppets is Milton Berle going toe to toe with those guys. Was any Youngman ever on the Muppet show? No. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. But, but no, but I'm wondering. Yeah, if, yeah. Uh, but that's this this clip. This clip is like early '60s that they, yeah, they oh, did yeah. it, and I'm like, there's no way that they didn't think, huh? Oh, that's a that's a really good bit going back and forth. Um, I think my favorite line from this, you know, I saw the show under adverse conditions. The curtain was up. You know? yeah. uh, let's talk about the actual Muppet characters themselves. Okay. Lest we forget any of them. Of course, the MC, Kermit the Frog. Say hi, Kermit. Oh, am I, am I Kermit? I don't know who's Kermit. Oh, well, hi, everybody. Uh, hi, old Kermit the Frog here. Yeah, see? I'm oh. Kermit. Hi. See, so it's <laughs> Hello, you birds. This is Kermit talking to you. Uh, then we had, of course, uh, Fozzie Bear. Ah! Waka, waka, waka! Then we had... The eye candy. <coughs> the uh, eye candy. I'm waiting for you to be introduced to me. Okay, Piggy, hold on a second. <coughs> oh, here we go. Um, uh, that's, all right, that's all right, Kermit. You don't have to introduce me if you don't want to. I could always just S-Y-F-F-I-T-F. Stop your froggy face into the floor. <laughs> that's, of course, Miss Piggy. Who, of course, needs no introduction. This is getting annoying now. Gonzo. Gonzo. (laughs) Gonzo, yes. The trumpet bit at the beginning of the show, epic. Yes. Every week it was different. He rang in the show, and it was great. Watching him get blown up or, you know... Uh, falling out of the that always the, speaking of things that freaked me out as a kid that probably freaked me out the most is like they had this amazing multi-tiered display of Muppets and at the highest point you had Gonzo coming out of the O in the Muppet show and he's just like dangling over the center and then like inevitably he would either fall out or something bad would happen bubbles would come out of his trumpet or yep. a bird or something um, like we that. Can, and when we say Gonzo we we also can't leave out Camilla. Of course you can. No. Ah. Camilla's, of course, oh, yeah, the chicken yeah. that he loves. The chicken of his life, yeah. Yep. Uh, um, and then we have a Scooter. 
Scooter, the stagehand, the trusty stagehand. Yeah, the John can't Denver do, look alike. I can't do Scooter. <laughs> no, nobody can do Scooter. Was, 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 wasn't he like his nephew or something like that? Yeah, wasn't his, he his uncle, his nephew? Un, his, no, his uncle, uh, Scooter's uncle owned the theater. Owned the theater. Okay, I knew there was a reason he was always Kermit, there. Kermit had a nephew, Robin. Five minutes to curtain, Miss Duvall. Yeah, right. <laughs> But yeah, the, the the stunt casting, the the Harvey Cormans, and that's there's no way that they weren't like that's a dream week for him to come in there and do that. Um, one of the funny things that I didn't realize that had happened uh, that that Peter, you probably know a lot about the week that Richard Pryor no showed. Oh I, I yeah, think that's the weekend he had the rendezvous with uh, Jarrell. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Cut that part out. No, um, wasn't that on. when he had the accident? The, yeah, the, the, when he lit himself on fire. Exactly. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, but uh, but yeah. So uh, one and of the writer, one of the writers, Chris Langham. The episode basically involved the guest canceled, and they got a messenger off the street to do the uh, do the routine. And who was the messenger? Uh, Chris Langham. Oh, Chris Langham. Okay, Chris Langham. just one of the writers. Like, one of the writers of the show. That's great. He must have uh, been a stand-up or something because he was fine. Yeah. He was absolutely fine. Yeah, but, but you know, I think a lot of the jokes were written for you know prior. Yeah, he got into some legal troubles years later. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's leave it at that. I know, <laughs> Peter. Do you have any? Other behind the scenes kind of nuggets of going well, on in the show, <laughs> uh, like well, who wrote like most of the music for that show? Was it was it a writing like a kind of a revolving well, I door mean, the, of writing? The, you had a lot of um, you had your um, was Joe Raposo the did he did he do any? Oh, is that he was more Sesame Street? I guess he was more Sesame Street. I mean, a lot of the songs there were either um, you know popular songs of the day. Mm-hmm. Popular songs of yesterday. You know, the the, sh- the show was shot in in uh, London and aired in England, but it aired in America. And the length of commercials in London, you know, were not not as long as in the United States. Mm. So they had an extra skit in oh. them for oh, the for the uh, English audience. Uh, if you go to the DVD, it's on there now. But the American audience never saw the British skits in the original run. And a lot of times, particularly in the earlier seasons, they were old music hall songs. I see. Uh, so, you know, songs from the turn of the previous century. Right. I mean, are, are we talking like the last 15 minutes of Saturday Night Live? Like, let's just throw something out there. Or were these gold? Were these good? There were some occasional ones. Some of them are forgettable. They couldn't be integral to the plot, so it usually was just another skit that went on stage. Or you know, as as time went on, they went away from the music hall acts, and sometimes it was peripherally related to the episode. But at least in the earlier earlier days, it was a throwaway skit. How many seasons did the Muppet Show go? It ran five, five seasons, and only three of them were on DVD. Correct. Really? Yep. The, Legal uh, reasons? Um, I, I it's it's Disney reasons. <laughs> you know, I think when they released them, the uh, DVD market went downhill, and I and I think you know there wasn't enough profit in the first three seasons that had come out. Mm. I'm only speculating here, but you know, it, you know, the fans are clamoring for it, and you know, but it really, you know, when they did the Muppets reboot a couple years ago? They really should have used that impetus to uh, put out the remaining two seasons. Yeah, there was but, uh, when Muppets came out the the new the Muppets movie, um, not the Muppet movie, but the Muppets. 
uh, came Not out. Not to be confused with the TV show. Yeah, yeah I know, right. Uh, but you had a year where people were like really kind of yeah, getting yeah, back yeah, into yeah, the Muppets. Yeah, uh, which was really, and uh, you know, do you know much about that reboot? Because we loved it, and it was huge. You had a, a song that was nominated for the Academy Award. Which is, you know, it won the Academy oh, Award. Oh, uh, Muppet or a man? Yeah. man or Muppet. I'm a very manly Muppet. You know, mm-hmm. that was absolutely great. But look at who was in that movie. I mean, it truly was a bunch of A-listers coming together. I think it was a huge passion project. It did well. Now, here's the thing. It's like um, Jason Siegel. What the hell happened? What do you mean? He just handed it off. Like yeah, all, he, he it, only intended to do the first one. Yeah. I mean, but he, it was a passion project of his. He made this movie happen. At the time, I mean, it's like right after, like right around, like saving Sarah Marshall. I mean, he you mean was forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm-hmm. He was at the top of that, the. That was, that was that was that uh, was forgetting Private Ryan too. And, <laughs> and he was absolutely huge, and and the movie did well. And when he said, "Yeah, no, I'm not going to have anything," I mean, he was so. Black and white, I'm not doing any more. And people speculated, did he have a bad time? Was it heart working with Disney? Like, what happened that he was so adamant? Like, I haven't I enjoyed heard any, doing it. I haven't heard anything that said, you know, that, that there was any ill will on it. I just assumed that he was in for this one project and he wanted to focus elsewhere. I think I, I, think I, think I read something similar to where he said in an interview, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm, I wanted to get this one movie up and running and then sort of like hand the reins off like, all right. You, you you know, based on the success of this movie, that there is a market thing for the for Muppets. It. Yeah, there's a market for the Muppets. They're not corny. Uh, they're not whatever. They're not dead. Dated. Yeah. So it's sort of like, you know, here. But he didn't want to be the Muppet guy. You know, he right. just wanted to just sort of like, oh, I got other things going on, maybe. You know, I got this other show that I'm doing. Yeah, no. I mean, he, you know, he went back to, you know, how about your mother? And it did well, but it didn't springboard to what I think a lot of people thought it could have or should have. Okay, so we we talked about the Muppets, but now let's talk about the Muppet movie. Like that's the game changer. And, that, and that's what I said. I grew up watching the Muppet with my dad. I love the show, but when that movie came out, truly, I I probably saw that in the summer that it came out twenty times in the drive-in. And I don't think if I saw it forty times, I would have ever got tired of it, even into today. If it comes on, you know. It's definitely one of those movies that you will see something new no matter how many times you see it. Uh, and you can enjoy it as a kid. You can enjoy it as an adult. You know, running gags. Good know, grief. It's a running gag. The Harry Krishna line alone, you know, that guy's lost. You know, maybe you should try Harry Krishna. And just like the technological marvels, like as far as Muppeteering goes, right? Or did that? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they broke new ground and sort of... Yeah, I mean, just the fact, you know, the case in point is uh, Kermit riding a bicycle. Yeah. Was that in... Well, that was in Gone Muppets, with the Schwinn. That, yeah, that, <laughs> but that was Muppet Movie, not Muppets Take Manhattan, right? Muppets Take Manhattan uh, built upon that where they actually had a group of Muppets riding bikes. Oh, right. It was riding like bikes. multi but the, but the original one was the Muppet Movie where Kermit was riding a bike. Yeah. You know, it was the hand puppet version with handles, you know, the handlebars, for a close-up and for the long shot, we had a uh, a marionette yeah. rig. Um, and I mean, I mean, the plot of the movie was just stupid. No, <laughs> I mean, it, it was, was like, wonderful. It was wonderful, but it was just like everybody had a you had a you really had to suspend disbelief that people were like buying into this. You know, the, the, you, you, that a bear would be driving a a, a scooter, a scooter baker. Well, let, let, let me ask you this: What would you have thought if uh, Henry Kissinger were a running gag in it? I would think you'd you're crazy, sir. <laughs> if you read the original script, there was a subplot where that they had written 
where Henry Kissinger was supposed to be appearing at various points in the movie, trying to get into the movie, but Kermit wouldn't let him. In the stage directions, it said, yes, it is the real Henry Kissinger. Don't worry, we'll get him. Wow. They either didn't get him or uh, or they, they wrote him out. They realized he was a piece of shit. And... <laughs> but, but um... yeah, well, they already had Sam the Eagle, so. Joe, will you and I ever be in a car and drive more than a quarter mile without saying... Bare left. Bare left. Right frog. Yeah. <laughs> will, will they, will, do we have the ability to get in a car? Absolutely not. Okay. No. All right. You have the ability to get in the car? Right. <laughs> not, not on my own. <laughs> not sober. <laughs> but seriously, um, that line alone makes it one of my favorite movies. And of course, if you want to reenact, you want to do a little uh, self-indulgent theater, uh, starting with Whisper Sweet Nothings. <laughs> Whisper sweet nothings into my ear. Motorcycle cop. Motorcycle cop's a sweet nothing? No, motorcycle cop behind us. Ta-da. Keep going. I don't know the rest oh, of the oh, I got it. Right. I got it. I got it. All right. Hey, hey, it's the man with the badge, the police, the cops, the PI. Don't you dare. <laughs> Wouldn't think of it. And, he's, and, and, and what's great is Peter does the whole face and in inflection. You, you have know? to. You yeah. absolutely have to. One of my favorite things to do and in a company that I work for, was in Hollywood. I, I worked in the Santa Monica Hollywood? office. We're going to Hollywood? Which, which, shithole. I mean, Hollywood got better, but when I first got there in like the, the 90s, it was like, oh, does the entire sound smell like piss? Because, <laughs> um, you know, but we would, I would drive by Henson Studios on La Brea, and which used to be the old Chaplin Studios. And it was just every time I drove by and you saw the Kermit statue out there. And it's such a great classic old. I mean, as you drive by it, it it's in great condition. It looks great, but it also looks really old Hollywood. I, I've always loved that. Yeah, I love old old Hollywood. You'll have old anything. <laughs> Before we get off of the Muppet movie, we should we would be remiss if we didn't mention Rainbow Connection. Yeah, the movie starts with one of the greatest songs in the history of cinema. With Jim Hudson in a tank underneath a log. Wow. Go on. Go yeah. on. Seriously, I don't know Ser- the story. Well, yeah, so basically it involved Jim Henson crouched into a more or less a barrel underneath the this log, water all surrounding him. You know, and he has his hand through the log into Kermit and just performing this whole song, you know, sitting there more or less, you know, cramped into the space, trying to get out of it after a day's shoot. You know, his legs, you know, I mean, oh, you can only imagine the cramp. You no, know, oh, the, yeah. phys- the physical thing that these people have to go through to make this happen. Now, not a lot of people know this, but the banjo playing in that was done by uh, Steve Martin. You are kidding me. No, I'm just making out. But I he know. was a guest, and it. it sounds completely plausible, uh-huh. doesn't it? Oh, and sure, when you put it that way. No, because he was a guest. He was oh, yeah, a fan. Yeah. He loves... And he know, was in the Muppet movie. Right. That's so, right. And but he, no. He loves mm-hmm. playing the banjo, but, you know, hey, don't let facts get in the way of a really great Jacques retelling of a story. <laughs> I've performed that song at karaoke more times than I can count. But usually when I did it, I, I would do it as a duet or for um, between Kermit and Miss Piggy. I, would n- I don't think I ever did the song the same way twice. Uh, the only constant is that Miss Piggy would get the line, About the sailors. <laughs> All right. Well done. Yes. You made it your own. Um, yeah. Now, now, so so the movie didn't, the new, the re-reboot, didn't spawn what I had hoped, or like a lot of people hoped. But one of the things that uh, that I do like is it's it's 
it's waned here and there, but the the Muppets have never really gone off the map or haven't gone off the map like completely. Um, and one completely of the, no, almost completely yes. And, and <laughs> one of the things that I love when you when you asked uh, what my favorite bit is, my single favorite bit in the in the history of the Muppets, other than Statler. And I'm not even going to say it, so shut up. Don't even try to make me. <laughs> um, is this this things have been going on since the show? Uh, animal drum battles, and and through like the last forty years, you know, it started. I think it started with Buddy Rich when Buddy Rich was on the show. Uh, it was a great animal uh, drum battle. Uh, recently, it's been Travis Barker from Blink One Eighty Two. Uh, him and David Grohl did it, and even. Animal appeared on Arsenio Hall to do a drum battle with Arsenio's drummer. It wasn't so much a drum versus drum battle, but it was definitely a drum versus uh, singing battle. Uh, season one of The Muppet Show, Rita Moreno trying to sing Fever while Animal is lusting after her and going over the drums. And, you know, she just lets him have it. OK Go did a video with them. Uh, in the Weezer video, the Weezer video is pretty great where Miss Piggy kidnaps the drummer and, and truly has him tied up in his uh, kind of having her way with yeah, him oh in goodness. the dressing room. <laughs> and at the last minute, like, you know, Animal has to fill in for the drummer of Weezer. It's a great, great, great video uh, called Gone Fishing. Highly recommend that. Yeah, that was definitely post Muppets Tonight during that nebulous, uh, not really doing much phase. The Muppet movie came after Mupp- the Muppet Show ended. Actually, nope. Actually, oh. it, it was it was season four around season four of the Muppet Show was, oh, the, uh, was the Muppet movie. They came back for one more season, ended the show, did Great Muppet Caper, followed by Muppets Take Manhattan, and then you know which you know spawned the Muppet Babies. All right, worst thing ever. I am not a fan of the Muppet Babies. Are we talking the original one or the recent reboot? Any of them. <laughs> I, I like the uh, 80s Muppet Babies. You, you, you were. I, I was 10 when it uh, came out. I don't yeah, know. And I, I liked it when, you know, when it was on. You, know, you can't watch it as I did, an adult. I did now, try rewatching but. it as an adult, and I'm like, eh. It's Punch a, yourself in the face? Why do you have such a black soul? <laughs> but I don't understand. I think the Muppet Babies were more... Interesting, for lack of a better word, in the Muppets Take Manhattan movie, uh, you know, where they were actually puppets performed by the original artist rather than an animated segment. I, I would have liked to have seen the Muppet Babies to actually have been done as a puppet series rather than an animated series. You're right. The, the whole appeal of the Muppets was that it's puppetry mm-hmm. uh, or Muppetry. But then to take that element away and just start, you know, replace it with an, standard animation, it's like, hmm. Okay, it's just another kitty show on like Saturday morning, but it was probably one of the more better produced Saturday morning cartoons. Because aside from that and like Ghostbusters, like the the rest of the landscape of Saturday morning was shit. But I digress. Now, now where do you guys weigh in? It's like about uh, one seventy five. Oh. <laughs> I wish I was. Uh, uh, Jim Henson. Uh, how untimely was his death, and how much did that like just? And the sad story behind him. I mean, had he gone to the doctor the night before, he'd probably still be alive today. Well, the point of the matter is that, you know, whether he'd be alive today is debatable, but he would not have died then. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and how much longer would they have been sustained? Do you think they would have, like, stayed in prominence longer? Or do you think his death was pretty much what had them waning? Just before his death, he, you know, he was looking to sell the, the Muppet product to Disney. You know, and part of the deal was that they would get him to do other stuff. 
But with his death, that kind of fell by the wayside, and Disney never acquired them at that point. And the Muppets were sold later on to a German company uh, who pretty much did nothing with it. And eventually the, um, the Henson family bought the rights back, ultimately selling it to Disney years later, which brought about the reboot. That took even years after the, their acquisition. But um, I don't know how long the Muppets would have sustained if he had not died at that point. But it certainly would not have gone the way you know the way that it did. What are some of your favorite Jim Henson, Frank Oz, not like Muppet specific projects? Uh, Was it the Strip Club by Jim Henson? <laughs> were you thinking? Like, are you talking about like the uh, the Labyrinth or Dark Crystal? Yeah, that kind of stuff. You know, like I mean, those, those are st- my. That's my wife's favorite stuff by him. She liked the Muppets, but Dark Crystal and Labyrinth are like two of her favorite movies. Those two were. You have to say, really, were ahead of their time. It just wasn't, you know, they become cult classics now. But when they came out, you know, there was the mindset of, well, these aren't the Muppets. Why, you know, why are we doing this? And you, and just the amount of technology, you know, technological breakthroughs that they did to, you know, to do the puppetry in these films is is mind boggling. I mean, even doing it today is just amazing. Yeah, I mean, there is also Fraggle Rock. Lest we forget Fraggle Rock. I mean, that was it's beyond your time. And I and no, I, it was like I remember when I would go to Buffalo, and that was on HBO, and that was like one of the only cool things about my dad's house is he had HBO and we didn't. I don't think Frank Oz actually worked on the Fraggles. Oh no, no, I don't know the reason why he didn't, but I think of the Muppeteers, he was the one that didn't carry over. I see. I don't know anything about the Muppets. Are they puppet <laughs> stuff or what are they? Is and, and so what, now, there's a new. Isn't there a new rated R movie coming out with puppets? It's causing a big kerfuffle. Oh yeah, was that the Happy Land Murder and Happy the Happy Land Murders? Happy Land Murders. Happy yeah. Town. Happy Town Murders. I'm not sure. Yeah, they're but they're basically. Um, it's a Brian Henson movie. Yes, um, but you know they're um, they used a uh, promotion gag. You know, basically saying it's not something like it wasn't. You know the street. It referred to Sesame Street, right? No, I know Sesame All Street or something like that. You know, something to that effect. And you know, which Sesame Workshop took offense to it because you know they didn't want to this really, really raunchy adult puppet film to be associated with Sesame Street or being mixed up. And just the word Sesame in their promotional material is just like enough, you know. Um, I mean, Avenue Q. Which is the musical? You're a big fan of that. You you are. I'm big not. Fan. I'm not a big fan. I got it. I'm. I, am. I was late to the party, but uh, Peter is. Avenue Q That's was on act- my bucket list of shows to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Avenue Q. If you, for those of you who don't know, is a parody of Sesame Street, but it's a darker side of Sesame Street. Like all the characters are kind of you know uh, dysfunctional in their own 20 way. So, Twenty thirty somethings. Yes, that, exactly. You know, trying to find their way in in. It's in like the Rent world. meets Sesame rent. Street. <laughs> Ish. Ish. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's great songs. But um, the w- one of the other producers of Avenue Q was a guy. Well, a lot of those people were from Sesame. Yeah, I mean, in the original cast, um, John Tartaglia, at one point, he performed a bunch of incidental characters on Sesame Street. He voiced Ernie for not Sesame Street itself, but in, you know, in a Sesame Street offshoot program. Uh, Stephanie DeBruzzo was on Sesame Street before Avenue Q, and she's she's the current voice of Prairie Dawn among and Zoe mm-hmm. uh, taking over from Fran Brill after she retired. And there's a couple other cast members. 
most of the cast members from the original cast of Avenue Q were on Sesame Street at one point or another. You collect Muppet paraphernalia or puppets or... To, to some degree, uh, yeah. I was telling Jacques before we started recording is that I have my video game wall, but you have kind of your Muppet wall with the Muppet characters and the play sets that were yep. released uh, in the late, yeah, early was, 2000s. Or? Yeah, it was a company by the name of Palisades put out a, um, a series of uh, Muppet action figures and had some you know really great detail to them and they've also put out some some play sets you know that involved you know sets of the you know of the Muppet show including one of them being the Muppet backstage sadly they went under and you know didn't completely finish the line they were actually trying to do a Sesame Street line as well and there was that would uh, have been fantastic they um as a uh convention only um promo there was a Grover and Super Grover and actually came with a phone booth, and there was a prototype, <laughs> a really, really kick-ass prototype for a big for Big Bird. The gimmick in this one was that they would you know, release a couple figures in a set, and in the packaging would be a piece of the street. Wow! So oh, you would just collect cool. you would just collect the whole thing, and you know ultimately have the, the whole street by the time you know it was done. But unfortunately, they went under, and around the same time. I think it was Master Replicas. I'm not sure, but they also put out, um, you know, what they call, you know, poser Muppets. They weren't actually the puppets themselves, but they have a wire skeleton, and they are the full body characters uh, taken from the original patterns. And they released Kermit, Animal, and then Gonzo, uh, of which I have the three. They were planning on doing a Rizzo, a Fozzie, and down the line a Miss Piggy. But I think they lost the license. I, I think they still exist doing other, you know, sci-fi replicas and things of that nature. But they... Um, it's kind of like trying to catch lightning in a bottle again with Muppets. It's like they have really passionate people work in, and talented people working on these tie-ins for the Muppets. But then it's just like not enough to kind of catch fire to keep I mean, it going. I mean, you got to figure. I mean, Kermit stood probably about, you know, two and a half feet tall. Um, and sold for like two two fifty or something to that effect. Uh, and, and perfect for the holiday season. Yeah, that's yeah. a niche market. <laughs> yeah, thing. and then yes. you had Animal, who was full size, and he probably he had to be about four feet tall. Yikes! Um, I, I've seen. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and you know he he's hanging from a coat rack in my office, and you know that was probably I don't know five six hundred dollars for that. And you got to figure if you if, if you keep things in scale, they planned on doing Rizzo because he was smaller and a small would be a smaller price point. But there was definitely a prototype out there for Fozzie, and you got to figure oh that goodness. he probably would have stood a good three and a half to four feet tall and probably about two feet three feet wide, uh, and probably would have gone well over a thousand dollars for it. Worth it, right? Um, Says Bill Gates. (laughs) Uh, Before we forget, I wanted to get your opinion on Steve Whitmere. So Steve Whitmere took over for the voice of Kermit when uh, Jim Henson passed, um, and then had since within the last six months or so, uh, unceremoniously was let go by the Henson company for reasons kind of unknown, or do you know more about it? Because from what I've heard from the Hensons themselves, it's like he was kind of a pain in the ass to work with, or they would butt heads on a lot of things, and he and Steve sort of maybe took more ownership in the character of Kermit than maybe he should have. I think I had heard that he had done, you know, it was, you know, really hard on, you know, some of the other puppeteers really giving them notes when he shouldn't be the one giving the notes. Mm. And, you know, I think he was just really 
It was a kind of a control freak when it came to, to what I To what I understand, I think without having been there myself, I can't say for sure who's at fault. Uh, but let's know, say so anyway, because yeah, we're on a podcast. I, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know, and I don't, if I were to guess, only because it came from the Hensons themselves, I would side with them, yep. but, he, but I don't know enough about it really to comment on it. You know, Matt Vogel, who has taken over the Kermit role, I can say nothing but good things about him from what I've seen. You know, he does, a, you know, he's the puppet coach on Sesame Street. He's taken over um, Big Bird from Carol Spinney. Mm. He took over all of Jerry Nelson's characters when, you know, he understudied Jerry Nelson before he passed and then uh, took over Floyd and uh, the Count from Sesame Street and and gradually taken over various characters. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think he does a really good Kermit. I mean, his Kermit is probably closer voice-wise to Jim's than Steve's. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, again, it's really just a matter of, I mean, I don't want to take sides in the issue is what it comes down to. Peter, do you have the great unproduced Muppet TV reboot or movie and you're uh, on a hard drive somewhere that you've just been waiting for the chance to spring on the world? Is that like the dream gig? Would, would that be to produce a Muppet thing or is that just... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I always, particularly, you know, in my late teens going into college and stuff like that, you know, realizing that, you know, I could do some of the Frank Oz voices... Um, Miss Piggy being the probably my best voice of the bunch. My Fozzie is a little bit more bit more rusty than I. Your Fozzie is kind of fuzzy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know there was a period of time where you know I was like, you know, before Frank Oz, you know, uh, stopped doing the characters. Um, you know, the, there was that mindset of like, I would someday love to be the, you know, to take over for Frank Oz. And so Eric Jacobson was never my friend. Basically. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, Eric Jac- Jacobson's doing a great job doing the voices. You know, but you know, there's always that, <sighs> you know, the the pipe dream mindset. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, I, I mean, I would work for the Muppets in a heartbeat if I had the opportunity. You know, Because you usually, uh, from what I understand, like if you're coming in through the ranks, you start off as like a, or you would, a right-hand a man. A right-hand man. Literally. Is, because Muppets are you typically run by two people. Like one does the, the well, mouth the, well, the, um, and the left hand. The, the right two, hand. There's two common types of Muppet characters. There's the, the rod puppet where you basically have, you know, the puppeteer usually uses their right hand in, in the head. Uh, and the arms are controlled uh, with rods. Yes, uh, some, like Kermit. Yeah, like like Kermit, like Bert. Yeah. Um, you know, those are the two examples of that. And you know, occasionally you might have a second puppeteer if they're doing some big choreography with the arms. You'll have a second puppeteer take the right hand, or the right rod, yep. to, to do that. But then we have the uh, live hand puppet, where you've got uh, the main puppeteer. In the live hand puppet would be Fozzie, Ernie, those type of characters. And you have the main puppeteer is working the head in his right hand. The puppeteer's left hand is in a glove that is the left hand of the puppet. And then you have a second puppeteer literally in the armpit of the first puppeteer with his right hand in the right hand glove and trying to do that coordination um, the deodorant budget on that show, man, has got to be. When you see behind the behind the scenes photographs of what you know what, when two puppets are talking to each other or, or, or doing a dance, and they're watching number, everything on a monitor below, yeah. and it's it's crazy. They're and all sandwiched in there. The at the dance segments, uh, at least in the earlier seasons, 
both characters in the couple are the same performer. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. You know, you, uh, later on, they've had other actors, you know, doing it. But it, it, if you listen closely, you know, if you, particularly if you know who's doing what characters, they're the same character because it's a lot easier for them to do that interchange up close than yeah. it is. Right, yeah. than to, to try to rely on but, time. But, um, but seriously, Google image, like, the behind the scenes, uh, when you have a four or five guys, like, or gals and guys, like, sandwiched behind you know what's going on and they look like human pretzels an exception to this live hand rule going back to your Swedish chef with the actually literally live hands that was originally Jim Henson doing the head and the voice and it was Frank both Frank Oz's hands doing the manipulation right because they it's were hard. live hands there's no yeah it's it would be weird to sync up a right one person's right hand and another person's left hand yeah well especially with such complicated ingredients that you were mixing pork 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 oh man um i wish we could do muppets all day and Every we can day <laughs> uh my last question for peter is that or do you know what's next with uh, on on the muppets front and not a sesame street is there anything in the works that you not know of that i'm aware of but i do want to kind of plug a documentary that came out recently called uh, muppet guys talking it was a documentary that was done a few years back or shot a few years back when jerry nelson was still alive frank oz's wife got together frank Dave Goles, who did Gonzo, among other characters. Jerry Nelson, who, um, you know... Who, he kind of talked... He had like a... He had like the high-pitched kind of... Yeah, know, Jerry Nelson was, voice. you know, Count Von Count and, you know, yep. and, you know uh, Floyd Pepper. Uh, Fran Brill, who was, uh, you know, who primarily did Sesame Street. You know, she was Prairie Dawn. She was... I love Prairie Dawn. And she was Favorite. Zoe and a couple, you know, a couple other... And a, and a bunch of anything Muppets. Oh, and um, Bill Beretta, who uh, who started on uh, Muppets Tonight, his main character is Pepe the King Prawn, and he has since taken over the role of Dr. Teeth and uh, Rolf. So the five of them got together and just basically Muppet guys talking, sitting around the, on a couch just telling stories and things of that nature. Is it on Netflix? I want to say it's MuppetGuysTalking.com. Okay. So just Google just, Muppet Guys just, Talking. Yeah, yeah. And, you'll, and you'll find it there. Peter, again, thank you for being our first, probably only, two-time guest on a, on a sideshow. Um, it, I would never two-time you. <laughs> <laughs> See what he did. Much. It is absolutely, no, seriously, it's like we, we love people who uh, know more about the stuff that we love because most of it is just us making it up or taking Wikipedia's word for it. So thank you for coming back in. You're welcome. And I want to plug your YouTube channel, Zincat, X-I-N-G, yes. Cat, uh, with uh, George, the self-esteem cat, and uh, Dog. Sullivan Spaniel, uh, and, you know. Pixie and, a and Pixie and, and Pika is, is a new uh, series that we've started. It's uh, So basically, we're doing on this channel a lot of Muppet-esque type of humor and Muppet-esque type of puppetry. I think that's it. I mean, did you, do you want to go out and, on uh, Am I a Muppet or a Man? <laughs> Why are there so many oh, that, that, songs that, about that, that, rainbows? <laughs> Finally, something other than second-rate entertainment on this show. <laughs> oh, really? What's that? Third-rate entertainment! Oh! <laughs> oh, and Jacques, don't forget...
Uh, Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.